The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today, Ken Honda, is one of Japan's leading self-development gurus. His books have sold more than 7 million copies since 2001, and his newest book, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money, is really essential reading for anyone who has any issue, positive or negative, or any interest in, curiosity about money. And I imagine that's most of us. So Ken Honda, welcome to Essential Conversations. Thank you so much, Robbie Rami. I'm so excited to be on your show. Well, we're very grateful to have you. So our listeners know you're actually calling in out from outside Tokyo. You have a retreat, a retreat that starts in less than an hour yeah. now. So, yes, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. You, I mean, you know, to do this kind of work is both a blessing, but also there's a lot of responsibility. So it's good that you can keep your energy up. So, you know, you begin in the introduction to happy money with the assertion there's two kinds of money, happy money and unhappy money. Mm -hmm. And this notion is central to the book. So understanding what unhappy and happy money are is a good place to start the conversation. So define those for us. There are two kinds of money, happy money and unhappy money. Happy money gives you a smile when you receive it. And when you spend it, it gives you joy. Whereas unhappy money gives you frustration when you receive it and also despair, uh, irritation, and anger when you spend it. And uh, unfortunately, most of us are living in the flow of unhappy money because we are so frustrated when we get a check and we, we get upset when we have to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, well, that, the latter, I understand, <laughs> having to pay yes. the bills. Why do you think people are upset when they actually receive money? Uh, because uh, they feel like they deserve uh, more. I think it's uh, very common among all of us in an uh, industrialist country that we feel like somebody is taking ad- advantage of us and uh, we're not uh, treated fairly or equally. So uh, we feel upset somehow that uh, what we're getting is not enough to pay all the bills or at least uh, to pay for what we want. You ever get run into people who feel... I mean, sometimes, let me personalize it. Sometimes I get paid for something and I don't say this to the person who's paying me because I need the money. But sometimes I say to Mm -hmm. myself, I would do this for free. You know, what a a blessing. That's happy money. That's how, oh, that's happy money. Oh, okay. Because you feel so blessed when you receive it Mm. uh, because you feel like uh, they chose you to pay for the money. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, that that that, makes sense. Yes. So it's not, it doesn't really matter how much you make or how much you spend. uh, And it's just how you feel toward money. Well, that's interesting because you write in the book that, I mean, when I started reading the book, I thought happy money was lots of money. (laughs) And unhappy money was a dearth of money, scarcity of money. Uh But Uh you cite the study that says that um, 
money does increase one's happiness up to about $75,000 US a, a year. Right. Now that's probably in different places. In, in some places in the United States, you can't live on $75,000. Where I live, that's <laughs> almost twice the median income for a family of four. And, and people can live on that somewhat decently. So, so not taking the number 75,000 as our truth point that this is the amount we got to have, you, you take a different approach to it. And I'm just quoting from the book. You write, it's not how much you make or have that you have happy money or unhappy money. It's the energy with which your money is given and received. Talk about money as energy. It's so easy to understand when we are living in the flow of happy money. That means that you appreciate your work or you appreciate what you do. And so in return, people appreciate and they pay, pay you. That's happy money. And uh, when you spend the money, you feel very appreciated. You feel like, well, oh, thank you for doing this for me. And uh, you pay for that. And that's a very happy attitude. And if you have that attitude, you feel more appreciation toward life. So probably you are more likely to have happy relationships, happy family, happy friends, happy clients. And um, you're surrounded by great people. Whereas you're, when you're frustrated with uh, what you make, what you do, uh, also that will give you frustration when you have to spend the money. So when you take a look at your life, it's either happy energy that you're feeling every day or frustrated energy you have in your life. So are you familiar with the book, Your Money or Your Life? Yes. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it's a very, very good book. They mm -hmm. talk about money as energy, that, that to get money, I'm actually trading my life energy for money. And I could see how if the energy I'm training, I'm trading for money is depleting me, then I end up with unhappy money. But if the energy, just the way you, you oh, preparing for, for the workshop you're about to give, you're excited, you said. Mm -hmm. So the energy that you're expending in exchange for money, the money is happy, but the energy is happy. Yeah. If I understand their book right, though, and, I, and it's been a while since I've read it, a lot of what they say is we're wasting life energy in pursuit of money. Mm -hmm. And um, do you agree with that? How does that fit into the happy money philosophy? It actually it fits in beautifully because what we do, we, we spend our life force energy. So either we do with happiness or we do it with irritation or frustration. Uh, I have a friend who, who loves uh, toilet cleaning and he ended up doing it professionally. But if he loves it so much, when we go on a trip, he doesn't come out of the bathroom and ask him, what did you do? Sorry, you know, I couldn't help uh, uh, cleaning the toilet. You know, even, even while he's in vacation, <laughs> he loves to clean the toilet. <laughs> he ended up writing a book. And it became a national bestseller and he ended up teaching uh, internationally. So, you know, uh, if you do what you love, your energy uh, gets lift, lifted up. And, and I'm sure there are many toilet cleaners who are depressed. <laughs> so, so it doesn't really matter what you do. What it matters is how you do it. So the friend you're talking about, is he also Japanese? 
Yes. So this, and, and I'm, I'm going to make a gross generalization here and you can correct me, uh-huh. but a lot of what you're talking about sounds like Marie Kondo. Yes. The same, same concept. And you know, I spent 10 years in the Rinzai Zen world and there it's all about chopping wood and carrying water, the everyday things. That's where the passion is. That's where the joy is. And I'm wondering if there's something that you think is uniquely Japanese I got the sense that you wouldn't have written this book if you didn't come out of that culture. I think that's why it's subtitled The Japanese Way of Living, you know, with money in a peaceful way, because it's just uh, how you live your life. You know, even if you do the same thing, uh, what I'm suggesting is somewhat Zen way, you know, do with gratitude. And I think it can translate into Western culture as well. It's a universal concept, but that anybody understands. Yeah, I mean, the sense of gratitude. Yet, you know, when you're talking about Buddhism, the Buddhism that, I mean, you mentioned Shinto in the book, but the Buddhism that seems to come through the book as I was reading it is Pure Land Buddhism, Shinshu Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And specifically, the work of uh, Yoshimoto Ishin. So that's a little in the weeds for my listeners. But uh, the creation of what he called Nikon therapy, inner seeing therapy. You familiar with that? Yes, yes, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, the whole idea is to realize that you've been gifted all your life by everybody to such an extent that you cannot repay. And so every gift you receive, and you, when you go through the training, by the time it's over, you realize that you're being graced constantly by other people's energy, other people's concern, other people's gifts, not just financial. But that seems to me the mindset that you're promoting. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Yes, you said it so beautifully. Um, but when I, when I said it in a very Zen Japanese way, it's hard to practice. So I just um, turned it into a very simple idea. Uh, arigato in, arigato mm. out. When you receive money, you say arigato or thank you. When the money leaves you, also arigato. So um, if you just keep practicing that simple act of appreciation, your life will be shifted greatly. Yeah, right. And I think that's catching on. I mean, that, I shouldn't say catching on. It's been part of Western uh, United States culture for a long time. But even as, as simply and as cogently as you put it, it's still hard to practice. Yes, yes. So you really have to imagine what it would be like to live in the flow of happy money because it's going to be a, such a different world. And, uh, but it doesn't cost anything to do that. You, you just say thank you when the money comes in and thank you when the money leaves you. And if you just um, try for fun, you know, um, you feel very different. So tell me about try, try it for fun, just to experiment. Yeah. So next time, yeah, next time when you receive a check or money, just say thank you, you know, to the money. 
and you can kiss the money, you know, you <laughs> well, kiss the check. Yeah. You can kiss your credit card, you know, you, you hold it in, in, your, in, your, in your heart. And then just, you know, just uh, almost like a joke. You, oh, thank you, money, you know, uh, it, as if money or credit card is a person. And if you um, let go of money, just say, thank you, you know, and come back with your friends next time. <laughs> so, you know, just a fun attitude. Yeah. If you make it fun, you know, you just find a shift in you when you write a check for, um, for taxes and uh, bills, you know, you find it very differently because you have to pay the bills anyway. You know, do it with gratitude or do it with, uh, right, you know. right. Origato in, origato out. That, that makes yes, a lot of exactly. sense. I don't think I want to kiss my money. It's way too dirty, <laughs> but, but, but bowing, you know, and, and making that, 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 uh, gaucho of, of thanks, you know, that, that, that makes sense to me. I will have to try that. My rabbi years ago, I don't know, 25 plus years ago, he gave me a dollar that he said, put over the the um, the door of your house, and it will attract, you know, more dollars to you. I don't know if that worked, but then even more closely to your origato in, origato out, he suggested that you should have a bell. He had a little Tibetan bell that hung off the uh, visor in his car, and every time he hit a bump, the bell would ring, and he would say you know, thanks God. That's, that's how he put it. Mm. And he said it was mm-hmm. training him sort of Pavlovian. It was training him so that every time the bell rang, he would say, thank you. And I said, well, well, why? And he said, because one of these times it's going to be an accident. The bell will ring. And rather than respond negatively, I'll be trained so that even in that moment of danger, I will respond origato. I will respond, you know, with gratitude, with thanks. And, you know, I put it, I put one in my car, in my kid's car, in my wife's car. I tried to put one in my sister's car, but my brother-in-law called it the death bell and he wouldn't have anything to do with it. (laughs) But you're looking for ways, it sounds to me, uh, in Happy Money to practice this, this gratitude without making it a burden. Yes. So what's the response been to the book? You know, um, you know, when I first writing books uh, almost 20 years ago, I had huge response. Like I never thought it that way. You know, I'll, I'll give it a try. And, I, and for the past 20 years, I've, I've, I've helped so many hundreds of thousands of people find peace. And also they became financially independent. You know, it, it, this thing works, not only peaceful mind, but also uh, when you appreciate money, money, you know, it appreciates. So uh, I'm getting the same great response in English speaking uh, world. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm curious uh, how people are going to get results. Uh, it's been a month since the book uh, came out. And then I'm getting a lot of interesting emails about how uh, my book shifted their lives. And then they're getting a raise or they got the higher income. They got new clients by appreciating them. So. I'm seeing the same interesting impact in in English uh, in Western world. So we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you a question about that. As I read the book, it seemed to me that even if I got no raise, it's not really asking. It you know there's there's Nichiren Shoshu where where you're you're in a sense praying 
to Buddha to give you stuff. And that's a that's a drastic mm-hmm. simplification of that tradition. But but you're you're praying for a car, you're praying for a job, you're praying for a raise. In in the way you presented this and the Buddhism that comes through, at least as I read the book, you're not actually asking for anything. You're simply being grateful for whatever comes across. And so what I loved about yes. the book was so you don't make any more money. It isn't gonna I mean, it matters to the point where you have to pay your bills, et cetera. But it's not about think and grow rich. That it's not, it's not your book. Your book is mm-hmm. be grateful regardless of, of the amount of money that, that's coming in. And that will allow you to actually live in a radically different way. To me, the way is so radical, the way of gratitude, that the money is almost inconsequential. Is that, am I gone too far? No, no, I, you read, read it so beautifully. Thank you, Rabbi Rami. Um, you said it uh, so clearly too. Um, uh, your gratitude toward life you know, opens doors to new opportunities, new way of life, which is, uh, I said it again, uh, whatever you appreciate, appreciates. So uh, if you appreciate money, that appreciates. And also if you appreciate other people in, in your life, they appreciate you back. So uh, you're just uh, shifting the view of the world by starting to say thank you to mm-hmm. money. And, and almost, it seems like the more gratitude I have, the less fear I have around the amount of mm-hmm. money I have. Yes, exactly. So if you start appreciating money, you feel less fear because my mentor once said, your mind cannot focus two things at one time. If you focus on gratitude, you cannot worry about money. So um, if you keep focusing on appreciation, you forget how to worry about money. Oh, nice. You forget how to worry about money. Oh, that is brilliant, beautiful, and a perfect place to bring the conversation to a close. Our guest today, Ken Honda, is the author of Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. You can learn more about Ken's work at kenhonda.com. So I know, Ken, we'll have to let you go. You've got a retreat starting in less than 30 (laughs) minutes. But thank you so much Uh for talking with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure. And uh, I I bless everybody who's listening to this. And uh, have a beautiful life. Domo origato. Thank you. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is the bi-weekly podcast of Spirituality and Health magazine. If you like the show, I urge you to check out my new podcast, Conversations on the Edge, brought to you by the One River Foundation. Conversations on the Edge features a variety of iconoclasts, apostates, and freethinkers who are trying to change the world for the better. Also, please be sure to rate and review this podcast in iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our executive producer is Ben Nussbaum. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information.
I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.